Hello and welcome to the Healing Vibe Podcast. I'm your host, Shanika Moore-Clark. My mission is to provide listeners with enlightening conversations about all things healing. In this podcast, we explore the good, the bad, and the ugly in an attempt to inspire you to become your own best healer. On today's episode, I had the privilege of speaking with Simona Ignatova, who is originally from Bulgaria, but now lives in Amsterdam. And we had a very enlightening conversation where she shared her healing journey, which she's currently still on, using mind-body tools. In this episode, Simona shares what has helped her to make progress on her healing journey from long COVID. She shares her perspective on ebbs during the healing journey. She shares why choosing to experience your feelings is an an important part of the healing process. And she also shares how her journey helped her to move more into alignment with her true self and why she uses humor and sarcasm as part of her healing process. I would like to add that On this particular episode, Simona and myself were both um, dealing with a cold, so please um, (laughs) understand that our voices may not have been ideal. Also, I didn't realize until after recording this episode that the sound quality on her end was not the best, but I I did consider re-recording the episode, but I thought that it was just too good to redo. So I hope that you all not judge me too harshly because I'm still learning and I'm working on letting go of the perfectionism part and in exchange for really good quality content. I hope you will all listen and share with your friends. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so excited to be speaking with Simona. I am so excited that you're here to talk with me today. I met you on Instagram, and I was just really impressed and intrigued by your page. I love that your page is so, it's like relatable and real. And I just really love your content and I am so glad that I reached out and you agreed to talk to me about your own journey. So welcome to the Healing Vibe podcast. Thank you so much and thank you for your kind words and also, you know, for having me today. Um, it's, uh, it's amazing to have these conversations and also to listen to your work um, shared on Spotify too. Thank you. So let's just start off. You um, you live in Amsterdam, and so we are very much um, in the two different sides <laughs> of the world. Um, and I we were just chatting before about um, I visited there some years ago. So it's so interesting to be talking to someone on a different continent. <laughs> um, I think it's it's rather amazing how we all you know, in this community, we're all from all these different parts of the world, the country, and we can still um, connect. I think that's just amazing. Absolutely. You know, God bless the internet. I mean, when else you could uh, before, you know, come in contact with so many different people and you just can have this conversation like we do right now, you know, even though we're, I don't know, thousands of kilometers away from each other. Right, exactly. 
So um, I would love for you to share a little bit about yourself, maybe um, what life was right before you started your journey and how this journey unfolded for you with chronic illness. Yeah, yeah. So life was, you know, I'm pretty young still. I like to consider myself young. I think most people would agree. And I think, uh, you know, my, my life was what every millennial Gen Z considers a successful life. You know, I um, graduated um, university. I wanted uh, with a degree I was dreaming for. I actually moved away from my home country um, to study alone when I was 18. So, you know, I was having all this in my pocket, like achievement after achievement. And then um, I'm coming from a very humble and let's say middle-class family. So I'm grown up with the idea that your career is everything. And my parents have done, of course, their best to bring me, to bring me and to make me the human I am today. But for them, career was one of the most important things you can do in your life. And subsequently became one of the most important things for me. So even, uh, yeah, even if maybe it wasn't my true purpose, as I can say now, mm-hmm. I was uh, striving for this uh, success in my career. So I think it wasn't even a week after I graduated, I already had a job in a corporate. And, you know, I was so excited. I was like, yes, I'm meeting the expectations of everybody. I'm exceeding them. I'm going to become this uh, ultra successful young professional. I'm going to be everything that everybody wishes me to be. Mm-hmm. And I was on this train for a few years. <laughs> I was on this train and I was, um, you know, growing into my, um, into my qualifications, into the hierarchy and so on. And I was working in a very male-dominated industry for a while um, in fintech and particularly in banking. So, you know, I was, um, I was very proud that I'm, I'm doing that, but at the same time, I required a lot, a lot of time, a lot of sacrifices from, from me to fit. And also because of my personality, I just wanted to be more. You know, nobody actually had these demands from me. I was imposing them on myself. And um, what is now? Now it's already 2023. So in July 2021, my perfect storm happened. And um, yeah, this is when everything began, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Wow. You know, the perfect storm, it, it, you know, what I'm finding is that it's usually surrounding a time when we're like either in transition or we're striving or there's just lots going on. I can relate to that myself. Um, I was at the yeah. height of my career and then boom, <laughs> things just kind of came crashing down. So I think- you know, it's, it's really funny because when I got sick um, and uh, nobody had the answers, of course, but I went to my, to my GP and he said, do you experience a lot of stress in your life? And I said, no. And uh, you know, looking back, I for the for the for the time before I got sick for this time span of five years, I moved fourteen times, and only this alone, (laughs) you know, just saying this out loud is ridiculous to say you don't experience any stress. Right. So it's hard to see it in the moment when it's happening, but looking back, it's it's just so clear as exactly as you say, combination of a lot of things. And then this one last drop is just um, just creating it. Absolutely. 
So walk us through, um, I think there was like a trigger also with um, COVID. Is that mm-hmm. kind of what was like the, the, the last the big stressor that started yeah. things off for you? Yeah, um, so uh, would you like me to walk you through my experience from when it happened uh, to today or how would you like it to, to uncover yeah. this? Can you give us a little bit of background, like when that, that happened um, mm-hmm. and like, you know, kind of walk us through a little bit about the symptoms that were going on at the time? Yeah, so basically, as I mentioned, everything happened in July 2021 and it did start with COVID. And to be honest, I recovered quite quickly. Uh, it was tough, but after two weeks, I was back to work, and I thought to myself, "Hey, you know, I survived this um, uh, thing that has been really relentless over the world, and here I am. I'm back uh, to work. I'm back to in full force. So let's book myself a holiday and go to Rome." Mm-hmm. And I uh, booked this uh, holiday for like a week after that. And I couldn't wait, you know, I was feeling so overworked uh, at my job at this point and having this, um, you know, having just gone through this virus that everybody was praising as the worst thing ever, I felt like I deserve this break. And booking this holiday in Rome, I envisioned, you know, a very romantic getaway with my partner and just the break I was, um, I was really needing. But what happened, I'm not kidding you, the moment that the plane landed, my body just went, I don't know, high wired. And from this moment onwards, never stopped. So yeah, this is how it happened. And to be honest, I only thought, oh, maybe I'm having some bugs. So we went to the hotel and I was like, everything is gonna get better. But then we had to go to the emergency and so on. We flew back home and I was thinking, okay, something is not right. So I went obviously to my doctors and I asked them for opinion on what can have uh, this impact on me. And they were like, oh, maybe you're having just a flu. You have to take a rest. So I took a rest. I was still working, but I was working from home. And then a few weeks later, I started feeling even worse. And I went back and they were like, oh, you have another flu. And I was like, this is not possible. Like, it's not possible that I have three flus in one month time span. And I was asking already, I was asking, hey, is it possible that this has anything to do with the trigger of COVID? No, it's impossible, you know, and they came with all this, um, with all these answers to me and just said, you know, you just have to take a rest and everything is going to fall in place. And then I signed off work. I said, okay, I need maybe one, two weeks to come back on my feet. And um, yeah, I was resting because this was the only thing I could do with the onset of all these weird symptoms. And I started going through the rabbit hole of going to every professional for every different symptom. And I was counting them some days ago because I had to fill in some evaluations mm-hmm. for my insurance and they were over 30. And I know people come with much more, but for me, it's like from a perfectly healthy person to mm-hmm. you know, having uh, over 30 different complaints and nobody giving you answers was literally insane. And I think I went on this, you know, medical drama, I would like to call it, because nobody was giving any answers for Mm -hmm. over eight months. And at the end, I decided to change my uh, clinic and go to a different um, GP. And I Mm -hmm. said, look, I'm really convinced that this all started with COVID. And they were like, of course, you have long COVID. Yeah. And, you know, at this moment, I was like, it's been already like almost eight months. And, you know, 
obviously yeah. this has reflected in my life in so many uh, so many ways i uh, i've lost my job and then i've lost my life and all this and then you know at this moment when they give you this label you have this short term excitement short term yeah. Uh -huh. you know freedom you're like okay i have a label now and now they're gonna cure it now they're gonna tell me what to do and they said yeah you have to live with it <laughs> and i was like okay this is not how i plan to live my life so the funny part is this is when i i told myself okay i have to take things in my hands because obviously going through this um road didn't help and in uh April last year, I found a few accounts, thanks to Instagram, connecting us and connecting us to um, people who have walked this path before us. And I stumbled upon this, upon this um, program, which was offering healing your nervous system. And, you know, I was convinced that long COVID is nothing different than post-viral infection because this is the only thing I could find, find back then. Mm. And right now there are a lot of recovery stories if you type in YouTube recovery long COVID, you're going to get a lot of testimonials. But back then, it wasn't really the case still. So mm -hmm. if I would type, I think I only got one, one story of one woman. And I said, if she recovered in this way, I can do it too. Mm -hmm. So this is basically how I jumped on the mind-body healing. I decided to, you know, ditch all the different modalities and all the different uh, doctors I went to. I, you know, I went to so many practitioners. I did acupuncture for months. I did this blood analysis that is like, I don't even know what they do. You know, I was desperate. Like, that, um, yeah, I was basically desperate trying one thing after another and finding the, the testimonial that somebody healed with the mind-body work. My fixed personality jumped and was like, this is the way I fix myself. <laughs> so to tell you quite frankly that I found the mind-body work and I just miraculously healed, it didn't go this way. Uh, and I think for many of us, it doesn't go this way either because mm -hmm. what I think is happening is that we've lived so long disconnected from ourselves that even if we have all this information laid out, presented, we learn it from A to Z. Um, it's impossible to heal yourself in this way. You have to connect back. And for me, this process is continuing till today. And, you know, I really can feel what people say with it takes time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What was it like for you during that period? I know that for many people when, like you mentioned, you get the diagnosis and there's like a relief, like, okay, there's, like, there's, there's a label. It's actually like, it's not in my head. Like this is an actual real thing, but then it's like, then where do I go from here? And you said that you um, found, you know, the mind body healing. What was that like to connect with that? Like, did you initially think, okay, you know, this is, this is my way out. Um, and like, what was that process like to, go into the mind body healing work i don't know were you was it dnrs or just some other uh, no I, it was another program it was cfs school that i found at okay. this um, okay. at this point yeah okay. um well you know the thing is that everything that i would try before that i would also say it's my way out you know <laughs> i went to acupuncture for months and i cannot say it didn't 
helped me. I think it was supportive and not only for the fact that it was somehow now what I can explain to myself, maybe balancing my energy in the right direction a little bit for a short period of time, like a boost, but also because the person I was going to was a very good empath. So I, it was the only person who validated that there is something going on, even if they couldn't find anything. So, you know, every time when I would find something that helped a little bit, then it was EMDR, you know, and then I tried all these modalities. And then every time I was, I was saying to myself, this is my way out. But, you know, none of them was um, really proving me that this is the way out. And because I found uh, this recovery story and I started digging myself, okay, what means a nervous system for us and what exactly this part controls and why this is happening and what if this part of your brain, let's say, malfunctions or what if, what if, what if. And mm. just putting all of this on one, let's say, mind map you know, made it clear for me that nothing in me is broken, you know, nothing in me is actually uh, clearly malfunctioning. And this is why all my tests are coming back normal or almost all of them. And um, this for me was like, okay, I'm finally feeling like I have this in my own hands. So I have the, I basically, I reclaim my power back, if you can say it in this way, you know, I was finding um, that I was outsourcing my ability to heal in the hands of other people, doesn't matter what practitioner it was. And this was my way to come back to my own power. And I know this sounds uh, exactly what somebody would uh, would say to promote anything, but let me tell you, coming back to your power, it doesn't happen at once. <laughs> and you know, you lose it again, you, you lose it and you reclaim it back and then you lose it and you reclaim it back. and it's, it's a process, you know, it's not that one day I just woke up and I said, I can heal myself and the next day I woke up healed. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Can you tell us a little bit about what CFS school has been like for you and maybe share some of um, the practices that you utilize? Uh, yeah, so I guess some of the listeners will be familiar what CFS school structure looks like. It's a combination of brain retraining, polyvagal theory, exercises, uh, somatics a little bit, and trauma resolution model, which is like based on self-therapy in a way. You know, you, you're trying yourself to solve your traumas in a way with modalities that are presented. So, <laughs> you know, going back to my fix-it mentality, when I signed for the program, I saw that it's three months long. And at that point, I secured uh, my back then dream job. And I told myself, you know what? You have three months. You just start today, let's say 1st of May. And on 31st of July, you're ready. And then on, in August, you can start your new job. <laughs> so going with this mindset into the program, uh, I think was like two or three weeks in, I realized that this is ridiculous. And, right. um, you know, it was really eye-opening for a lot of things to have this knowledge presented in such a, um, how do I say, it, practical way. The course is very practical. So if you look for theory, I don't think it's your place because it's, um, it's very practical. They give you the tools and then you create your own, you know, mm -hmm. the, you make your own way to work with them. Right. Uh, for me, it was really hard to... Um, connect to the brain retraining part and I've tried for quite some time 
and now I can tell you why. <laughs> it took me six more months to realize why. I was doing all those practices to fix myself. And there is this little part in me, my little Simona somewhere, I don't know how old. Mm-hmm. She just doesn't want to be fixed. She thinks everything is, she just deserves to be as the way she is and she doesn't have to be fixed. And, mm-hmm. you know, me finally hearing that, repaired my relationship with brain retraining <laughs> because um, now I do it from a different perspective. I also started another program too because I was pushing so much to get um, to get productive and to work with this tool presenting the program. That way the time I associated with fixating. So the moment I would start this tool, I would feel this wave as if something is wrong with me and it has to be fixed immediately. And I find this so fascinating. And I think this is just one more example how associations work in our brain. Because before this time, I didn't know this too. And thanks to my experience of constantly pushing and activating the same traumatic network in my brain or whatever, now I have this association. So this was uh, a part that was really, really hard for me to finally grasp on. And the other modalities, you know, I love them. Um, I think what I benefited the most from the program was the inner child work, okay. uh, which is included, and also the polyvagal theory. I think this is something that, um, in particular, you know, the exercise that you can do. I think this is like a great way to show yourself a little bit of connection to your body in a safe way, because I think a lot of the people who are chronically sick, uh, have been chronically disconnected from our bodies. And I feel like this is very safe way to give yourself a little bit of safety so you can feel what you need to feel, even if it's like half of a second. Um, I don't think this is a solution. I don't think any breathing or any self-massage or any trigger point is a solution to heal your illness. But it gives you, you know, this, um, let's say this, calming pill to to get going you know to to give you this safety net to be feeling your feels basically yeah oh my gosh I love that you know you're so right um you know the idea of when we use these tools as a means of fixing it Mm -hmm. doesn't work in the same way and I really do think that it you you know the way that we're approaching the tools that's what actually makes the difference Um, exactly we can you can have a million and one tools but if it's like I'm just using these tools to fix myself chances are you're not going to experience the type of success or healing when you shift from a place of I'm integrating these tools. I'm using these tools in a way to help me to to live the kind of life that I want to live. Or I'm not like just using like I'm I'm like got to do this this this. It's a the same kind of like sympathetic activation when we're just trying to like use tools just to to fix our bodies or to fix ourselves. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that. And also, um, I'm not, I mean, I'm familiar with TFS school, but haven't um, been um, a part of the program. But what, from what I've heard, I love that it integrates not just like the brain and the top-down approaches, but also there's the body-based approaches, because I think that you're right that so many times, 
we get so disconnected from our bodies. And I think that a really important piece of this healing work is being able to connect to our bodies and also yeah. to oh. the inner child, like you mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, doesn't matter on the program. I think at the end is, um, you know, you need the same. You need to find safety. You need to find love and self-compassion for yourself because you can, as, as you said, exactly, I agree 1000%. You can find, you can have 101 tools in your sleep. If you pull them every time out of fear, nothing is going to change. If every time, I don't know, your heart starts pounding and you're saying, oh, no, now I have to do uh, four, five, six, seven breaths, whatever, you know, and, and then already your brain thinks, oh, I'm in danger, nothing is going to change. So um, same with brain retraining for me, to be honest, like if I have to uh, do any visualization in a moment when I'm activated from a place of fear, from a place of um, desperation, from a place of anger or frustration, things are never shifting. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, <laughs> this is what I think. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree with you. So I just want to talk a little bit about, because we know on this journey, there are ebbs and flows. And <laughs> <laughs> all the time, healing is not linear. And I have lived that. Healing is not linear. There are times when, you know, you're in this flow state and then ebbs, they come up. And I think just about everyone experiences ebbs. I am curious to hear your perspective on ebbs and how you, what are some of the things that helps you to move through, um, you know, the lows or the ebbs of um, rewiring? You know, I really love that we're going to talk about this, first of all, because, look, I love social media because it gives hope, but also it gives this uh, perfect picture of only wins, and people rarely talk about their love. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, I also this question comes in perfect timing in our talk today because I've been just in a two-week ebb, mm -hmm. like, and it was it was a really, really rough one. What do I tell you? You know, depending on, on depending on how uh, intense they are, what really helps me is um, reaching out for support. Mm -hmm. And I think this is one of the most most crucial things within this uh, journey is to find yourself a support system. And I'm not talking about your family per se. My family doesn't understand any of this, <laughs> and I don't think we'll ever understand. But uh, you know, there's so many other people who walk this path we're working it right now and they are determined to heal and i think this is somebody who is the perfect support for you because they know what it is to be in these shoes and they know that everything is not no, nothing is constant you know even if you feel like this is the worst time of your life and you're never gonna come back to where you were you will and yeah. they're the people who know that this is a fact and you can trust them because you know that they've lived through it. So mm. I think, you know, so one is reaching for support. Can be your partner, can be, you know, can be anybody, just somebody that makes you feel safe and mm. be, it's able to hold this container for you to feel what you need to feel at this moment. Uh, two is listening to recovery stories. Believe me, <laughs> I've listened to those recovery stories out there so many times. I sometimes even know what they're going to say. And... Even if so, they help me because in moments of desperation, 
you kind of alter your thinking. You kind of you you lose your logic. You 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 lose everything that you've learned, and you kind of resort to this. Oh, I'm doomed. Oh, this is never gonna change. You know. Oh yeah, everybody's sick, but I'm sicker. Or everybody's recovering, but I'm not. <laughs> You know, mm -hmm. I know that if, I, I'm sure that so many people had these thoughts mm -hmm. and um, yeah, I think those recovery stories uh, are just wonderful tool to use in these moments. Yeah. And, you know, the simple things, you know, I, I do try to focus a lot on gratitude and even in the days when I cannot go for a walk, then I sit on my balcony and feel the sun on my face. Mm -hmm. And maybe in five minutes, I feel so much pity for myself. And I say, oh, look, you cannot go for a walk. And I think what's important, you know, in this moment is not to go into victim mode, but to allow yourself to feel this grief and this anger. Because this fake positivity that sometimes I, I feel like it's promoted is like, obviously, your apps are your biggest teachers. Every time, and I think everybody's going to agree, every time when you come out of it, you do feel changed, you do feel bigger than this, you do feel like you can do it. But when you're in it, you have all this anger, frustration, mm -hmm. uh, maybe sometimes shame and guilt. And I think that if you just bottle this up and you try to tell yourself, oh, it can be worse, oh, this and that, I think this is just contributing even more to defigurating your system because you just bottle up more emotions. And I think we can agree we have enough bottled up. Um, so I think this is it. I think it's, yeah, if I have to summarize, it's the yep. a support group, it's the recovery stories, it's gratitude, but at the same time feeling your feels. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I remember when I first started, um, and I think there's a place for like the not, I guess when we're in, we're very dysregulated and we're starting this journey and we're trying to focus on um, building our capacity or you know mood elevation all that is great but there mm -hmm. comes a point when we have to start to acknowledge our feelings we can't just keep putting it and brushing it aside and I love that you talk about like the toxic positivity there's a it has to be a balance like I yeah. can yeah. see my feelings and acknowledge them process them you know cry it out if I need to and then find a way to connect back to um, what's good what's good in this moment or or connecting to feelings of gratitude or whatever it is so I'm glad that you you say that because I think a lot of times especially on social media and this you know in the community sometimes there's like this push to like elevate and just you know think of the positive you know all those are great things but there's mm -hmm. is a, a place for um feeling our feelings so I'm glad you said that um, so, you know, I, I know we're talking about ebbs, but also what I want to hear is, you know, since you started your journey, what has been some of the gains that you've made? Um, I don't know exactly where you started, um, but I would love for you to share, you know, what are some gains, um, or wins that you've had since you started your healing journey? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know where, where I started. I started very low. <laughs> I started like I couldn't walk for five minutes. Mm. Uh, and uh, actually, in the beginning of when I got sick, my digestive system completely shut off. At some point, um, I was put on liquid diet and my body was refusing this too. 
then doctors started putting me on numerous diets and at some point you know I I think I was sensitive to a lot of foods but I also created myself a lot of fear around a lot of foods because of what medicals would tell me you know they say okay if you this this is bad for you and then you know if you want to desperately get well you're gonna listen because this is authority that we've learned to listen and they should know better than you right this mm-hmm. is what we're told that the doctors have the ultimate power right and um yeah i think before i started my journey i was in very very low place uh, and this, you know with all this symptom wise um i i haven't even touched on the fact that how much i was out of reach with my own core you know like mm-hmm. I was just continuously moving, as I mentioned, you know, I started this mind-body program with the thought I'll be fixed and I'll go to a job that I didn't even want to, to do. It was because I wanted to prove something to somebody for something, mm-hmm. you know, completely out of line. Mm-hmm. So since this journey started, I'm, I'm very proud of the physical changes, but I'm also very proud of the mental ones that, you know, yeah. came up with it. So I am, uh, nowadays I'm, walking around kind of freely thing i go for walks every day around an hour and i have complete freedom with food and when i started cfs school i remember it was the summer and we have this peach tree in my house and i took a peach and this was out of limits for almost a year because of all the diets in combination with many other foods and i had this peach i kid you not in my fridge for four days and I would open the fridge and I look at the peach and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to take a bite. Mm-hmm. But then this fear <laughs> would overcome me. And I was like, no, 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 no. I cannot take a bite because what if my body reacts? I cannot go on my walk, you know? And then I'll come with all these excuses. And, you know, this is just a silly example with a peach. But what I wanted to say is that I'm finally regaining this um, relationship with food and I cannot tell you how much freeing this is. I mean, our culture is revolving around food big time. I don't know how it is everywhere around the world, but I think we can agree that having limitations like this and uh, reacting to a lot of foods is very intense experience. And I'm happy to say I'm free from that. Wow. Uh, and um, yeah, also a lot of other symptoms have diminished. But, you know, I also with the time, I just... I stopped focusing on that. I stopped focusing on the symptoms because they would they would just come in waves, you know? If it's not one thing, it's gonna come another thing. And I realized it's not which symptom comes and which doesn't, but how often and how long they stay and how I react, react to them, basically. It's not what it is, but more like how often it comes. Right. And um, yeah, and then for the mental part, I don't know, I'm so proud of myself for growing in. I'm complete, I completely ditched the idea of working in corporate. <laughs> so this is something that I can never say never, but you know, for now I, I don't align with it. And, you know, I'm not afraid to say, to say it. I'm not afraid to say it to anybody that expects from me something that I'm not going for it. Because I think this is a problem for uh, a lot of people. And this is going to come a little bit out of your question, but I think chronically sick people face a lot of questions about their occupation. And this is something that can be extremely triggering because it can trigger old wounds of you feeling like a failure, if you're feeling not not enough, or if you're feeling like, you know, you're not meeting expectations, but also physically you're not able to do a lot of things. And I think, you know, learning to uncouple who you are besides your job is... um, 
one of the biggest learnings in this topic for me yeah. because at the end we are not what we do you know we are who we are because of who we are and not what says before or after our name or what is our job title absolutely i'm so glad that you mentioned that because the the payoff or not the payoff but the the interesting thing about the journey is that we first approach it because we're looking to fix our symptoms and what we find is that we're we're learning to love ourselves um and we're loving ourselves just because of who we are, not because of what we do or what our title is or what our occupation is. And that's a beautiful part that I, I see a lot with this journey. It's not just the physical um, healing, but it's the, the coming back home to self and loving yourself unconditionally. Exactly, you said it's so much prettier than I did. <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> No, I love it. I love your, um, I just love your openness. And um, that kind of brings me to um, your Instagram page. So I think one of the first posts I saw, it was, what was it? You were like talking, it was like all these different sides, like um, <laughs> different parts. And it was like, I was like, oh my God, this is so relatable. And it's hilarious. I love like your humor. There's like a little bit of like a sarcasm. And I just find like, that is just what we need. Like there's all these serious posts and that's great. But I find that with your page, it is very relatable, but it's also very humorous. So I'm curious as to what, what was like your, what, what got you into creating these posts? Because I find them so creative. <laughs> well, thank you so much, and you know, for for uh, asking me this question. To tell you the truth, I created this page uh, to escape my personal page, <laughs> because when I started this journey, I was so housebound from twenty four seven pain and migraines that I would see all those people, you know, sharing their life, going on vacations. And I'm like, oh, seriously again. So I was like, you know, it's time for me to create a profile where I'm going to only follow five to 10 accounts who deliver me the information I need right now. And that's it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, continuing on this journey, I realized that there are so many more people on it. And I started discovering all these accounts and I discovered all the groups I was before in, which were uh, focusing on your symptoms, you know, all these doom and gloom Facebook groups. If you're in one of them, somebody who is listening, please go and quit them right now because this is the best favor you can do to yourself. <laughs> all those groups who discuss all day long what is wrong with you, it's never going to help you, do you? So anyhow, you know, like this was the only community that I kind of had and I didn't like it. I didn't like community that makes you feel seen, but it doesn't give you perspective you know they say you know this hurts that hurts uh, we're never gonna heal I'm like this for years yes you feel seen because you also you also in pain you also suffer but they only impose more fear in you so you know I, I felt alone in this journey many times and I always used um, sarcasm and you know <laughs> laugh at things my whole life and I thought okay I, I never took myself seriously so why take this healing seriously? I don't have to take it seriously. And then I started posting these really, really silly videos. And 
I, I kid you not, I didn't think there are going to be more than 10 people following me because <laughs> I thought, I mean, so that many people follow me now anyhow, but you know, I thought that I'm doing it for myself because I needed this outlet to prove to myself that, yes, this is hard, yes, this is painful, but yeah. there is much more to it, you know, there is always one little um, perspective that can shift it and in the beginning and even now all the content that i share is created in moments when i've i've really struggled you know i i create these things when i'm like okay now what what right. do we do now yeah. <laughs> and you know because of this struggle i with the time i saw that people struggle too you know and i don't want to be the place where people would come and then they would uh, have this place to you know complain and to um feel i want them to feel seen in a different way you know i want them to feel seen and and laugh about it because because why should you take yourself so seriously you know i just don't get it and i think this is why and this is kind of my purpose with this whole thing that you know if you feel like a rubbish today and you just wake up and you're like oh, i don't want to do this and then you see some of these silly videos and you're like <laughs> you know, I feel this way too. And then you smile, you know, for me, this is enough. And yeah, I think this is why I I do it. Yeah, no, I love it. And I um I feel the same way when I, I started my, um I have two different pages and one page, it was, I had the exact same reason. And for me, it was like on the hardest days, that's when I would put together something. And, you know, I think what's, the healing part of it is that humor and, you know, kind of making light of the suffering sometimes mm -hmm. actually is helpful. And um, I just love that about um, your page. And I just find that it's, um, it's inspiring, but it's also, it's light. And we definitely need lots of light moments on this journey. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's, you know, it's amazing to hear that. And every time when somebody you know, drop me a message. Thank you for what you do. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, this melts my heart because, yeah. you know, I want to feel useful. And and if I can make um, something good come out of this, even if I'm not, you know, uh, a coach <laughs> or whatever, I can make a small shift in somebody's day uh, with something so insignificant, even if you say, and that makes yeah. me happy. Yeah, definitely. Gosh, um, we're getting towards the end um, and there's so much that I can ask, but I, um, I know we touched a little bit on, um, you said you were doing all these things and they worked for maybe a short time, but do you have a perspective on like supporting your body while rewiring? Um, what are your thoughts about that? I know that there's different schools of thought. Some people mm -hmm. um, believe that it's 100% nervous system regulation work. Some people feel like, you know, it's okay to support. Just kind of curious as to your perspective. Yeah, so I'll talk obviously only from my own experience. It, this is so personal, this journey that, you know, if you use any other modalities, you do you and this works for you. Uh, for me currently and uh, well, the past, uh, I would say half a year or even a little bit longer, the things that I do to support myself is my diet. And when I say diet, I don't mean diet. <laughs> I know this sounds a little bit silly, but I just 
aim to eat very balanced and I don't restrict myself in any terms of, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not carnivorian, I'm not a vegan, I'm not a keto, I'm not any of this stuff. I just eat very balanced and what I found very supportive in the journey is to manually balance my blood sugar because this is something that has really, uh, you know, not worked properly uh, because of all the changes in our bodies. So this I find extremely supportive because in this way, I feel like I can manage the stress on my body a little bit better. I mean, we already run on cortisol and all this adrenaline. Why would you want to do it additionally with starving, right? Obviously not the ideal. So this is one thing I do. And another is um, acupressure mat. Uh, I find it that it can help, um, you know, relaxing or even relieving a lot of pain and tension. Mm-hmm. So I think this is the two things that I resort to. I am not taking any medications and I only take a very, very, very targeted supplement. Uh, obviously, I also went on this road <laughs> with the supplements, but luckily I came out of it. and um, yeah these are the two things I I genuinely do and I really want to say that if somebody else needs something else you know I don't think you should be ashamed from it just just do whatever it supports you Mm -hmm. yes I totally agree with that um so what what's what's next for you what are you working towards and where do you see yourself moving towards as you continue this journey Hmm. You know, I see myself moving towards the life I always secretly dreamt of and the life that now I know I deserve. And, you know, building this feeling that I deserve what I dream of. This is one of the things that I think stop you from living what you what you dream of is believing that you deserve it. So I think for me, it's going to be continuing on my development, on my healing and you know really establishing this connection with my body because the more i can feel it the more free i feel and um, whatever comes you know i'm trying to take it open because i don't focus on steps like i want to um, do this exactly for my career i want to live in this location i'm trying to focus on how i want it to feel and you know hopefully becomes my reality yeah i love that i love that just um and the openness to to what's to come and that's beautiful oh gosh so much good stuff um you're sharing i um i guess i would love for you to maybe share um with listeners any last words of wisdom anything that you feel like would be good for them to hear or any words of wisdom um to anyone that is currently on a journey of healing hmm, you know wisdom means i have to take myself seriously <laughs> i cannot do that but um you know i think the if if there was one thing i would love to hear in the beginning is to resort back to yourself and look at what your nervous system does for you and really believe that there is nothing broken with you and your body it works exactly the way that it's supposed to at this moment and maybe it's hard to comprehend i know it is um but just to trust that this is a process that you need to go through and it's gonna allow you to live your life 
better than you ever imagined. Yeah, I love that. Beautiful. Well, my very last question for you is uh, where can people connect with you? What's your Instagram handle? Yeah, they can find me on my Instagram page at Resilience Within Me. Maybe you can put this like in the description or so with the dots and everything. I know it's a little bit uh, hefty to, to now spell. Uh, but I also want to take this minute, you know, to thank you for this conversation, for seeing something, you know, interesting and valuable in what I have to say and to, you know, spending this time with me today. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you taking the time and um, even just the name, your Instagram Instagram handle, Resilience Within Me. I love that um, because I, I know that lots of people, their handles, especially when they're dealing with chronic il illness, you know, it's like um, Spoonie or these names mm -hmm. um, are not very empowering. And so it's so awesome that you have the name Resilience within me because or in me because it speaks to um the resiliency that you have and that's such an important part of healing and um we are all resilient if you are experiencing um chronic illness there is a level of resiliency that um i don't think many people um possess in the way that we do so kudos for that and um highlighting that um, Absolutely. Thank you so much and for acknowledging it. It has you know, a story on its own and I yeah. regret for a lot of things in my life, but it's not my Instagram handle. <laughs> so I hope, you know, for whoever just even reads it, you know, just thinks for a moment, you know, yeah, hey, you know, I can also find my own resilience. Absolutely. Well, I thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure talking with you and um, this conversation definitely needs to be heard. And I thank all of you listeners for tuning into another episode of the Healing Vibe podcast. Thank you so much.